Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. that uh, when I was asked to teach this, he knew that my grandfather was going to be transitioning into heaven. So I'm going to preach a message that brings glory to Jesus Christ, knowing and I have faith that Jesus Christ is going to receive my grandfather and he's going to receive Mickey and he's still healing. And that's the joy and the confidence that I have. So I am just blessed that we get to sit here, learn the scriptures, equip ourselves on how to live life, okay? We've been doing a series on the Word of God in, in John. And the first week we did a study that the Word, that Jesus was the Word, that Jesus was pre-existent with God, He is co-existent with God, and He is self-existence. And you might say, what is self-existent? He was not created, He is self-existence. By Himself, He exists. And I encourage you, to, if you haven't heard the message that we've been going over, the messages, you can look them up on YouTube, and let it be a foundation. Second um, week, we were able to 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 study that Jesus was the life and that all life was in him through him by him and the last week we learned through the scripture that Jesus said unless somebody's born again it's impossible for them to enter the kingdom of heaven and what we looked at in scripture and the reason Jesus said that is because it is impossible for a child or a baby to contribute to the birth. And Jesus was letting Nicodemus know, it is impossible for you to have anything to do with your salvation. We can't boast in it. It's a work that God himself does alone. And this week we're going to dig a little deeper in that, what the work of the Spirit is in our life. The work of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in our life. You know, God exists as one God in three persons, distinct persons. And we saw that all through Scripture, and I've showed you guys several Scriptures through the weeks. But we've got to jump right in. But the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is literally referred to as the Comforter, the Paraclete, the Helper. And I just want to read... John chapter 3, verse 1. I'm going to read several verses, and I want you to follow with me. And then we're going to pull off the side of the road, and we're going to camp out. And we're going to see what the Scripture says. You guys ready? It says, Now there was a certain man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now, it's interesting that a Pharisee, uh, and we know that Nicodemus, when it said ruler of the Jews, he was on the Sanhedrin, which that was a group of about 70 men, some say 71. It was a lot more guys than him, but it's a few amount of guys that rule the Jews. And it's interesting that the Pharisees were the ones that plotted to kill 
Jesus, yet Nicodemus says, we know you're from God. And I just want you guys to listen to what is stated here. Religion will always masquerade as being from God, but at its core is an enemy of God. The Pharisees knew that Jesus was from God because the miracles He was doing. There was a 400-year span that God, there was no prophet sent, there was no miracles done. 400 years, think about this. How many of you guys have ever seen somebody raised from the dead? Somebody? That's impressive. All right, we got a few. I have not. I'm talking about somebody was buried and now they came back. How many of you guys have seen somebody walk on water? How many of you guys have ever been to McDonald's and got a Happy Meal, all right? Okay, everybody should raise your hand at one point in your life or another. Somebody got you a Happy Meal, okay? If not, talk to me. I'll, I'll let you have your first one, okay? We're going to change that. Thou shalt have a Happy Meal, okay? Listen, do you know the... the the Bible says that Jesus basically took a kid's Happy Meal, five loaves and two fish, and fed over 5,000 men. So equate that to like a little Happy Meal. Have you guys ever seen a Happy Meal? My one Happy Meal doesn't feed my three children. There was miracle after miracle after miracle when Jesus came on the scene. And they said, we can't deny that you're from God. Because they're creative miracles. How many guys have ever seen somebody that didn't have a body part, all of a sudden their body part grew instantly in front of you? This was the miracles that Jesus was doing. That's why Jesus said in the Gospels, He goes, if you don't believe what I say, believe who I say I am for the works themselves. He's, he literally marveled. How can you not believe? But I want to tell you guys something. Miracles don't bring people to God. I believe in miracles. I absolutely 100% believe in miracles. I've seen people get healed in my life. We've had people in the church be healed instantly. Miracles don't bring people to Jesus though. And I'm going to show you this in Scripture. Do you guys remember the story of the children of Israel? They were slaves in Egypt for over 400 years. They were slaves in Egypt for over 400 years, and when God delivered them supernaturally, there was not one sick or feeble person among them. How many of you guys ever saw Moses? And you see the movie of Moses, and you're sitting there, and you see him like limping out? That didn't happen. You want another miracle? So they were supernaturally healed, whole. They, had, they were full of vigor and life. Then another miracle. The Bible says that manna came down from heaven every day and fed them. Another miracle. They get to the Red Sea, and all of a sudden they're like, hey, there's a chariot of Egyptian chariots of soldiers, Egyptian soldiers. You know what I'm saying? Egyptian <laughs> soldiers. Do I know what I'm saying? That's the question. Who are coming after us. So what does God do? He puts a fire, a pillar of fire, and makes it where the chariots. And the armies of Egypt have to stop and wait, and then he parts the sea. Another miracle that happens. They have a cloud that covers them. How many of you guys have ever worked in Florida summer? It could be brutal. I have sometimes prayed, you know, God, you did it for them. Can you do it for me? 
Sometimes I get a good cloud, sometimes I don't, okay? But it's miserably hot. The children of Israel had a cloud that covered them so it was cool for them. They weren't sweating like out in the desert heat. And then, guess what? In the desert, at night, it gets really cold. So then this fire from heaven came down and kept the whole, whole million plus of them warm. You want another miracle? Here's another miracle. All of a sudden, these snakes came and they started biting them and they were dropping like flies. These serpents. And God told Moses, He said, make a staff and put a serpent around the staff. A bronze serpent. And that's actually what we today in our culture, you ever seen the paramedic sign? You see that. That's from the Scripture. And they were healed. Anyone who would look at that would be made healed. God supernaturally delivered them. The armies of Jericho. There was a fortified city that the walls were so thick that they'd have chariot races on. So God, just to show that He's God, says, listen, guess what? Send out the praise and worship team. Yeah, you say that. <laughs> but there's a, there's a whole city, an army, a fortified city, an army. And I guarantee you those worship leaders are not like, they're like, we're more of like a, a Sabbath thing, not like a upfront thing. I'm just saying, I don't know. doesn't say it. But I guarantee you on the resume of a worship leader, it wasn't like any military experience. We're going to need that. So God literally has them march around the city of Jericho, and they do it several days, and on the last day they do it several times, and then they shout, and they just shout this shout of praise, and all of a sudden the walls fall, and they overcome the enemy. But you know that that generation, oh, and here's another one. I'm learning this right now. My son Noah, he's going to be much taller than me. He's almost my height now. He's 12. Uh, we took him to the doctor. I said, hey, we got a problem. Said, What's the problem? I said, he eats me out of house and home. What's going on? you got to fix him. He goes, uh, dude, you got to fix your bank account. He's going to be like 6'5", six, 6'7". Six, I was like, and part of me was terrified. Part of me was like, i got to hit the gym. Because <laughs> I definitely am not six foot, six foot something. And then I was like, I need to be his best friend. No, I'm just kidding. But these are thoughts that I think about. The children of Israel, as the kids grew, their clothes grew with them. Their shoes never wore out. It's stated in the Bible. Now think about this. Miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle, yet God rejected that whole generation that saw miracle after miracle after miracle. Miracles don't lead people to Jesus. They're at awe. They're a wonder. They might open an ear for conversation. But you know what brings people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? The Word of God preached. Why? Because that's where the power of God is unto salvation. The power of God unto salvation is not in the miracle. The power of God unto salvation is in the gospel being preached. What's the gospel? That Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Word of God, put on flesh, became a man, and died the death of a sinner, a death that you and I deserved, so that we could call God the Father, Abba, which means Daddy. 
That's the gospel message. That is the message that all of a sudden you'll hear the gospel when you don't want to be somewhere. You don't want to be at the church. You're sitting there and you're like, I don't want to be here. And all of a sudden, the gospel being preached, it does something to your heart because the Spirit of God is anointed to convict you of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. That's what we're going to talk about today. The ministry of the Holy Spirit. You guys ready? Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the what? Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you must be born again. Jesus said that a lot. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Jesus sleeping in a boat, all of a sudden there's crazy waves. It's a, 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 a tempest. It's like a, a hurricane. He's sound asleep. We need, I need that kind of sleep in my life. I hear, I'm up, you know. I wanted that. The waves are crashing. I'm just like, oh, thank you, Lord. Just sleeping and rocking like a baby. I'm just saying what I need. You can be in agreement with me for that. I have a three-year-old, so I haven't slept in three years. So, um, I haven't slept good in three years. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Jesus was a sound sleeper. When the disciples woke him up, the first thing they said was, do you even care? How many of us have said that to God? Do you care about my life? Do you care about what's going on? You know what Jesus says? He wakes up. He goes to the edge of the boat. and He goes, peace be still. Doesn't say he shouted. He didn't like do this spiritual dance. He literally just walked over. He goes, peace be still. Why? Because he was God. Why did the demons run when he put his foot on the ground? Right when he stepped out of the boat, the demons that were tormenting a man and tormenting the man was tormenting a town, they ran to him and they said, Jesus, have you come to torment us before the time? Jesus said, be quiet. Then when, you know what the demons did? They shut their mouths. And he said, what's your name? They said, for we are a legion, for we are many. We read that word legion, we're just like, okay, their name's legion. What that meant was that there was anywhere from 1,200 to 4,000 plus demons in this man. Enough demons to where he could break through chains, he would hurt people, he hurt himself, and those demons were utterly terrified of him, ran to him, bowed down. My dog, I have three dogs. I don't know how that happened, but it happened. <sighs> One for every kid, right? Well, I guess that's how it happened. So my dog, when it does something wrong in the house that it knows it's not supposed to do, it will run to me. And as it's running to me, it goes like this. It says, whoop. It like swoops over and gets on its back and it lays down. And it's a sign of utter submission and utter terror. I've never beat the dogs, but I want them to think that I might beat them if they keep pooping or peeing in the house. It's, 
You know, it's a, it's a strategy game. But you know what those demons did when Jesus put his foot on the ground? They ran, bowed down. They didn't worship him, but they bowed down because they knew this is God. You might say, what does this have to do with the Holy Spirit? You have to know what the Scripture says so you know how to apply it in your life. If you don't know the context and what's being said in the Scripture, you can't accurately apply it in your life. How many people don't know what the Scripture says? They think they're applying something that's not applicable to what the Scripture actually says, and then what do they do? I'm mad at God. Don't be mad at God. God sent His Word, and we have the Holy Spirit. When we go to church, we get equipped... We get taught, we get equipped for the ministry so you can do the work of the ministry. The church it was never designed to be a spectator sport. And if it is a spectator sport to you, then you will get nothing out of it and you could be just like Judas. And I'm not saying you're going to be like Judas and demon-possessed, but Judas had face-to-face contact with Jesus and he did not believe Jesus was the Son of God. If he actually believed that he was God, he wouldn't have sold him out for some money, some coin. I mean, think about it. If you really thought it was God, and the crazy thing, again, he's firsthand knowledge, witness to all these miracles. So people believe what they want to believe, but when the word is spoken, the Spirit of God comes in, and that's when breakthrough happens. You guys getting it? Do not marvel, oh, back to Jesus and stopping the storm. He looked over at the disciples. He didn't say thanks for waking me up. He didn't say, oh, I'm so glad that you woke me up. Why didn't you wake me up sooner? You know what he said? Why do you have such little faith? Jesus said things. Now, human perspective, me, I would have been like, Jesus, we're not God. You're the one that we're supposed to be traveling with. But Jesus had a different perspective. And what I'm telling you today is that you have to have a completely different perspective than you have if you're going to receive from God. Or you're going to be the person that God says, why do you have such little faith? You have my word. You have the spirit. You guys getting something? Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Now what that means is the people that you would expect that are Christians, that should be saved because they're such nice people, some of those people are not going to be saved. Some of those people are going to reject. And some of the people that are hellions from their time they're this big and they, they just come and do whatever they want and they're totally... Uh, counter the cause of Jesus Christ like Saul, then all of a sudden the Spirit of God is going to shine a light on them and they're going to say, Jesus is my Lord. So what he's saying is you don't pick, the Spirit does a work. We don't decide who's worthy of getting saved. We do the work and the Spirit shines a light. Do you get it? Okay. <sighs> Verse 9. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel? This is a backhanded compliment. Jesus did that sometimes. He goes, you're the teacher of Israel. You're the teacher of Israel. And yet you do not understand these things. Truly, truly, there he goes again, truly, truly. 
I say to you, we speak of what we know. Now what does Jesus say here? We speak of what we know. The Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. The disciples never were teaching with Jesus. There was two times in Scripture where He sent them out to pray over people, but they weren't teaching people. Jesus was the teacher. And Jesus is confirming in Himself the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We know what we're talking about. You guys don't know what you're talking about. Think about this. When you read the Scripture, know that God Almighty inspired it. You getting it? I uh, said, um, truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one, this is where Jesus, people say, Jesus never said he was God. Yeah, he did. Right here. We're going to read it. No one has descended into heaven except he who what? Descended. That means he pre-existed. Descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. You don't do anything. You believe in the facts and the testimony of Jesus Christ and the witness of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is a very famous verse, and a lot of people know this who don't believe in God. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world. So stop right there. God didn't send Jesus to condemn people. Now listen to what Jesus says. But whoever does not believe is what? <clears throat> Condemned already. Do you have the Scripture up? Okay. They're condemned already. The reason God sent Jesus is we were already condemned. Why are we condemned? The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I don't know about you, but when I work, I want to get paid. This guy don't work for free. Guess what? When I use the water in my house, I got to pay somebody for that. When I use the lights in my house, I got to pay somebody for that. When I do something and I work, I expect to get paid so I can pay for things I want. See, here's the truth. Now listen to this. We decide what we want to do in life. Nobody forces us. Now, a lot of times we blame people around us. We say, They're, you know, my family's this way. I was brought up with they, this way. It's not my fault. Do, have you ever ordered a cheeseburger? Okay. That's simple. You can decide what you want. You're adults here. Now you can use your, your, your family as a crutch and an excuse, but you decide who you are. You decide who you want to be. See, we don't own what we do, and that's what Jesus talks about right here. You guys ready? It says, uh, whoever does not believe is condemned already, but he is not believed in the name of... Why? Because he hasn't believed in the name of the only Son of God. Verse 19, you ready? And this is the judgment. What's the judgment? The light, Jesus, has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works are evil. I was at a business meeting. This is funny. And it was a bunch of lawyers. And we had this meeting. And uh, 
the lawyer had a cheeseburger the day before, and we were at this burger place. And the lawyer says, I can't have a burger. And the guy's like, you just had a burger yesterday. He goes, I can't double burger. He goes, what? Why? He goes, I have a blood test coming up. He goes, so you're saving one day? How many of us do that with our sin? We live the way we want to live, and then all of a sudden we straighten up our life. We're like, i got to go to church. I can't sin like that tonight. I'm going to church tomorrow. Why would you even ask me that? Duh. See, that's human reasoning. Human reasoning is like, hey, well, I'm going to do what I want to do, and then I'm going to blame somebody else. How many guys have been driving on the road? You're speeding. And I've said this to an officer. Don't say this to a police officer when they pull you up. This is what not to do. I was speeding down the road. Police officer pulls me over. He goes, you know why I pulled you over? I said, yes and no. And the officer looked at me very, uh, yeah, he was perturbed. He goes, yes and no. I said, I know I was speeding, but there was other people speeding worse than me. So I feel that you shouldn't give me a ticket. You should get them. You know what the officer told me? He goes, guess what? Were you speeding? Well, yes, but, he goes, no, but nothing. I got you. He goes, somebody else can get them. Now, here's what we do with our lives. Well, I'm a better person than they are. I'm not as bad as they are. Let me tell you something. All roads, none of us are getting out of here alive. At the end of the day, you're going to give account to your life. And God's going to say, who's my son to you? And some people are going to say, yo, I went to church like a bunch for my family. My family didn't go to church at all, but I went two, wait, 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 three times a year. See, no, but when they say three, it's like they're better. It's like, well, I didn't just come Christmas and Easter. I went for a baby dedication. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see what God's saying? You cannot compare your life to others. You compare it to what the Spirit of God is convicting you. And if you're convicted to do something, to do something, do it. If you're convicted not to do something, don't do it. Because guess what? You know who the witness is at the end of your life? The Holy Spirit. That little nudge you have on the inside. Don't do this. Hey, you know what? Listen. God's training us to be completely dependent on Him. So in the press of life, when Paul said, I was pressed, but I'm not crushed. In the press of life, instead of running after a bottle, instead of running after a needle, instead of running after the cheeseburgers, or we get the cheeseburger with the Diet Coke, it don't want to be too bad. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's like, hey, we all done that logic, right? Not Nick. Nick's like, bow down, Nick. No, just kidding. Those of you watching, Nick shredded. Don't mess with Nick. But we self-justify. If we could self-justify, Jesus wouldn't have to come. But we can't self-justify. Jesus had to come.
I want to read something and I'm going to close. I'm going to skip through. Actually, we're going to go to verse 19. Or no, verse 20. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. The truth is, people, we naturally like doing what we like doing. We all have our own preferences. I'll say it like this. Some guys like redheads. Some guys like blondes. Dirty blondes. Some guys like really short girls. Some guys like really tall girls. <laughs> My wife's tall, those of you watching. We have preferences. Let no one say when I'm tempted, I'm being tempted by God. What does the culture say right now? God made me this way. God didn't make you that way. You've got preferences. You've got a will. You have a desire. Listen, I'm not going to sell any brothers in the Lord out right now or women in the Lord. How many of you men, since you've been married, I'm going to look up this way. You've never noticed a pretty girl at all in your life since you've been married. <laughs> I hear laughing. How many of you women never talked and daydreamed about, oh, he just... He's so smart. <laughs> we got preferences. We have something that's an enemy of God that the only way we can overcome is through the Spirit of God. Listening to the conviction of the Spirit. You guys getting some out of this? But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. You know the difference from believers and non-believers? The believers know that what they do is wrong in the sight of God. And we run to God, not all the time. Sometimes we're crawling. Sometimes we're being dragged by friends saying, no, you've got to come to church on this one. But ultimately, the believer wants God to expose the wickedness of the flesh. Believers are at war. I don't know about you, but I still get temptations, desires. I'm not up here like, oh, I am dead to the things of the world. No, I'm dead to the power that the world has a hold over me. See, people who don't know Jesus, they're not at war with themselves. They do what they want to do and they feel great about it. And good. I just can't do that anymore. The light of God has shined in my heart. And now the things that I want to do, sometimes I don't do them. The things I don't want to do, sometimes I do those things. There's this war within me. But now, Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit which is life in Christ Jesus, has set us free from the law of sin and death. What does that mean? When you get saved, I'm going to say this and then I want one Scripture and we're going to close. When you get saved, you are immediately saved from the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin or your wages. 
The wages of sin is death. So God voids out your wages and what you deserve is hell. Separation from God. And you are free from the penalty of sin. But how many of you guys have been saved and you're like, then you do what you don't want to do and then you ask the question, am I really saved? Do I really believe? There's this second process that happens. It's called sanctification. It's a big spiritual word. And this is what this big spiritual word means. It means you are being freed from the grip of sin in your life. Hector, remember this? Come up here. I'm going to be sin. Hector gets saved. He loves God. He has a great voice. You guys listen to him sing today? That was amazing. So I'm going to be sin in Hector's life. Before Jesus, we buddies. What are we doing? We're doing this? Yeah. Woo! Then this guy, Jesus, comes in. And he gets in between us. But here's the thing. I have a hold over Hector. I'm sin. So try to pull. He try. And sometimes sin, sometimes I call it the three-month rule. All right, keep going, keep going. Oh, we dancing? That's what sin's like. Oh, we're going to do this dance? But see, what happens when I do, or when Hector does, what he's supposed to do, meaning that he submits to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the grip of sin gets less. So he's no longer holding on to me. Sin's holding on to him. Do you see the difference? So now sin's got to work twice as hard to get to him. But eventually, when Hector, now Hector's going to deal with this his whole life. So when people say, oh, Christians are supposed to be perfect, they're just showing they're ignorant and they've never read the book in their life. So don't listen. That's like going to a doctor that got his, his, his doctorate online in three hours. Okay? Don't entertain it. He has no clue what he's talking about. If somebody tries to use that argument to say, listen, you're literally ignorant. And if they say, no, I'm not. What about this? Say, talk to my pastor. I'll talk to him. I'll set him straight. I promise you. So then what happens is you deal with this the rest of your life, but you're not gripping it. It's got a grip on you. That's why Paul said, the things that I want to do, I don't. I want to do everything godly. The things that I do want to do, I'm not doing those. The things that I, I don't want to do, that which I do, you have sin. So this sanctification process is a lifelong process. And this lifelong process stops because one day you're going to be free from the presence of sin and you're going to be with Jesus. The ministry of the Holy Spirit at work in you. Do you see what I'm saying? Are you getting it? Because we want you to get understanding. The Bible says if you get anything, if you're going to get anything, get understanding. This one verse, this is what Jesus says, and then I'm closing. John 16, 4-11 says, I did not, this is Jesus talking, I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. 
So Jesus said, I didn't have to talk about this because I was with you. And Jesus is setting him up because he's getting ready to leave. But now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? <coughs> Excuse me. None of you ask me where I'm going. They're not thinking about, oh, yay, Jesus, get to go where you want. They're, they're looking at it selfishly. They're bummed, which I'd be bummed too. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. What? God in the flesh is telling me it's to my advantage that I go away? Or my advantage that He goes away from me? Jesus, that doesn't sound very Christian. Listen to what Jesus says. It's to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. The person that's going to help you in the midst of sin can't come if I'm still here. This is God, the Word of God, telling us it's better for us that He's away so somebody better for us in our day-to-day life can come help us. You getting this? But if I go, I will send Him to you. And when He comes, He will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in Me. So what's the Holy Spirit doing to every person that walks on the earth? He's convicting them. That's why pastors, the only job we have to do, i got to share the gospel. I don't do nothing else. I share the gospel and I let the Spirit work in me to grow me into the image of Christ. Sanctification. You guys getting this? You understand? He's convicting them. That's why all of a sudden people will be like, I don't want to do it anymore. Uh, I need to go to church. Oh, I need to talk. Why? Because the Spirit's convicting them. You need to get right with Jesus. Just like Jesus said to the disciples, who am I? Who do men say that I am? Some say you're this. Some say you're that. He said, who am I to you? And Peter said, you're the son of the living God. Was Jesus a prophet from God? Absolutely. But that doesn't bless people. And Jesus... As the Son of God, the Word of God, that's what brings victory. That's what brings saving grace. That's what we have faith in. We don't have faith in just a man. Jesus didn't say to Peter, blessed are those people that think I'm a prophet. He said, blessed are you, Peter, because you know I'm the Son of the living God. My Father Himself revealed that to you. How does the Father reveal who Jesus is to us? The Spirit of God. You guys getting this? Because they do not believe in me. Verse 10, concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father. When you're sitting there, you know the Spirit's bearing witness with your spirit, Jesus is God. Jesus is God. And a lot of us are like, I want to go clubbing. I want a bunch of chicks. I'm speaking from a man's perspective. Now, in today's day, a lot of women in that perspective. I said it. We're here. Just be honest. 
See, you have to decide, do you love the darkness and hate the light? Or do you love the light and hate the darkness? That's between you and the Holy Spirit. awkward concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged what do we do we preach the gospel and the holy spirit does a work none of us can boast the same way the wind's blowing in different directions the spirit of god is moving on the earth and he's working on people's hearts and the power of God and the salvation is the gospel of Jesus Christ. All God's power is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So many people say, give me a sign. You don't need a sign. You have the Holy Spirit in you. And at the end, the very end, God's going to say, what you do with my son? Because my spirit is a witness for you or against you. I hope you guys understood the message, the heart of the message the work of the Holy Spirit. And this is just scratching the surface, guys. We could talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit for years and years and years. This is to equip you to listen to the convictions that God is giving you. You might say, well, I can drink. You can drink in Scripture. The Bible doesn't say thou shalt not drink. The Bible says don't get drunk with wine. If you're getting drunk, listen to what the Word says. You might say, well, I don't get drunk and I still have a conviction not to drink. Listen to the Spirit. Maybe you might have a problem drinking in the future. Listen to the Spirit. Don't use your freedom to cause somebody else condemnation. Some people, I have a close friends, and I feel bad about this. This close friend is a vegan. And I have done my best to joke and razz and kind of mock. And I'm convicted by it. Just joking. You know what I should be doing? If that's your conviction, I support you. Amen. Not razzing. You know why? Because the Spirit's at work in all of us. There's some things that the Bible is very clear on. Don't do this or do this. We've got to listen to that. The Spirit of God's never going to convict you into doing something that the Bible says don't do. But there's some things that the Bible's not clear on, and those things that are sin to you, don't do them. Don't sear your conscience to the Holy Spirit. You guys get anything? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father God, we come to you now in the name of Jesus. At this time, I want to give people opportunity. If you've heard the, the message, you've heard the words, but the Holy Spirit's been at work in your heart, you might think you're saved. Something, and during the 21 days of prayer and fasting, God told me that this year a lot of people are going to get saved that
end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook.